2 Chronicles 7, verse 12. Notice what the Word of God says. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, have heard thy prayer, have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Look what he says in verse 13. If, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Verse 14. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the Word of God. Thank You for the direction of leading me to this very Scripture. And I pray this morning, Lord, for Your power and Your presence to be real. I thank You for each one that is under the Gospel tent. I thank You, Lord, for what You're wanting to do in all of our hearts. And I pray, God, that You'd fill me with Your Spirit and speak to us today. And we'll thank You and praise You for all that You do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank You for standing. What a blessing. I want to point our attention to what is going on here in 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. We know that King David had the vision for the temple to be built. But we also know that he was not going to be able to build it because the Lord said, he's been a man of war, but he said, I'm going to use your son Solomon and he will build a temple. As I begin to study through this, we read of, of all of the building and Solomon's prayer of of dedication and all the things that happen leading up to this chapter. We'll draw our attention to the first part of chapter number 7. It said Solomon had made an end of praying. And then the Bible says the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. We see Solomon prayed. We see the glory of God fell. We see in verse number 2 that the priest couldn't even go in because of the glory of the Lord had filled the house so strongly. We see in verse number 3 of this chapter where all the people, they saw it. They looked around and they saw all the good things that God had done. And I pray that you and I can look around under this tent and you and I can also see all the good things that God has done. Amen? Amen. They saw it. Then it says, they bowed themselves. Listen, this is very important. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. And the Bible says, then they worshipped and they praised the Lord. And this is what they said. For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. If you can say God is good, say Amen. You don't know what we're fixing to do, you'll learn. Amen. You ready? God is good. Wow. Amen. And God is good. 
And that's what they said. This is exactly what's going on in this text. You say, oh, you shouldn't get us to clap our hands. You shouldn't get us to say, God is good. Preacher, you shouldn't get us to go, woo! That's what they did in this text. The Bible says when the people saw it, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground. Upon the pavement, they worshiped, they praised the Lord. And what they said, they said, for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. Amen? Then in verse number 10 of this chapter, notice. They went home to their tents. And it says that they was glad. They was merry in their hearts. For the goodness the Lord had shown unto David and to Solomon and to Israel and to His people. They left. And they all said within themselves, God's been good to us. They looked around at all the things that God had done, not just for them, but for the whole nation. God had poured out His blessings amongst His people. God had done a work in their hearts that only He could do. God had worked in ways that only He could work. That's what we need to be praying for this week. Amen? That God's will and God's work be done. And then we noticed that there was a prayer heard in verse number 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. I don't know if you realize this or not, but for the God of heaven to hear His prayers. But even more than that, if the God of heaven hears our prayers, that is a big deal, church. That is a big deal, child of God. That when you pray and say, Lord, He hears. And when you pray and say, Lord, I need help, He gives you help. And when you pray and say, Lord, I need strength, and all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, you experience this supernatural strength, and you've even prayed and said, God, I need grace, and I need mercy, and I need direction in my life, and Lord, I need wisdom. And then all of a sudden you look, and here comes strength and grace and mercy and wisdom. There was no man that gave that to you. It was the God of heaven that heard your prayers and answered your prayers and done a mighty work in our hearts. You know what? We need to praise Him all day long. The God of this universe that created everything that you and I see hears our prayers when we call on Him. He not only heard His prayer, but He chose that place. He chose that place. He said, this is the place where my blessings will be. This is the place where you can call on my name. This is the place where my mighty hand will work. It's in this place. Notice in verse number 15 and 16. He says, there will I make myself known, and there will I be called upon. In that house. God done a mighty work right there that day. So we see the verse 15, the Lord's eyes are open, and the Lord's ears are attentive. Don't ever think to yourself, Lord, do you see what's going on in my life? The Lord has eyes and He can see. Amen? And the Lord has ears and He can hear. And the Lord has a mighty strong hand and He is the only one that can reach down in the miry pit of sin and pull you and I up. The Lord has eyes. The Lord has ears. The Lord has hands. The Lord has feet. The Lord knows everything that's going on in your lives today. He said, the Lord sees and the Lord hears in verse 15. He said, the prayer has been made. So we see there's their prayer heard. 
But I want to, I want to point out something. This is unusual the way the Lord dealt with me about this in verse number 13. The power in hard times. The power in hard times. So many times in our life, church, we feel that the power of God is there in the good times. But let us all be reminded, you and I will never experience the power of God in our lives until we really go through the hard times. And it's in those times that you and I can truly experience the power of God. It's in the burying of that loved one where the power of God is so evident in your life. It's when that wayward child, that son or daughter, get out in the world and you begin to fall on your knees and pray and call out on the name of the Lord. It's in those hard times that you will experience the power of God in your life. It's in those times when your wife is diagnosed with cancer and your mother is diagnosed with cancer and friends and loved ones are dealing with so many hard things. It's in those times in our lives that you and I can experience the power of God so strongly in our lives. If you've ever been there before, raise your hand. That's a witness for people around you to realize that even in those hard times, you and I can truly experience the power of God. Are you with me? So we see there's a prayer heard, but there was power in the hard times. I noticed in verse number three, 13, there was three Fs. Ifs. And in verse number 13, there was three I's. If I shut up the heaven, no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land. If I send pestilence among my people. Pestilence and famine and war and hard time and hard places. In these days... He is saying that word if there is, is expressing of a surprise. May I say to you and I this morning, there is no telling what surprise is coming in our lives at any moment. The surprise of the ifs. The surprise of the unknowns. The surprise of the hard times. Those are always surprises in our life. Those are always times when we say, man, I can't believe that just happened. Man, I can't believe that's going on in my life. You ever said this? Man, I can't believe I just got that phone call. Man, I can't believe that's going on all around me. Those ifs in our lives. And when it comes, and if it comes, when it does come, I was reminded here as the Lord was doing in this Scripture, we notice here that the nation of Israel was in a high place. The nation of Israel was in a good place. But you know it's amazing? The Lord knows their past. Notice in verse number 19 of this chapter, but if you turn away. But if you turn away. How many times did God bless the nation of Israel? How many times did He part the water so they could walk by? How many times did He send bread from heaven? How many times did He give them water out of a rock? How many times did He defeat their enemies? How many times did God bless them and bless them and bless them and bless them? And all they would ever do would be mumble and complain and bellyache and gripe and say, God, why did You bring us out here in the middle of nowhere? Did You bring us out here to kill us? And then God would bless them again and they would be so excited that it wouldn't be long they'd turn and walk away from Him again. I never will forget, Brother Joe. Years ago when I would read that, I would think to myself, what was wrong with those people? Why was they so hard-headed? Why was they so, the Bible says, stiff-necked? 
Why was they so the way that they was? And the Lord reminded me, see, they're just like you. I bless you. And I bless you. And I bless you. And I help you. And I give you strength. And I touch your family. And I pour out blessings in your life. But then the least little thing will come up and you'll say, God, why have you left me? God, what are you doing? God, why did you do that? God, why is this going on? God, what about this and what about that? And he tells them here. He said, listen, he said, I know who you are and I know what you're prone to do. No matter how many blessings you get, you're always prone to go back into the mud puddles of life. We're guilty of that. Don't change the fact that God is good. Amen. He has truly blessed you. and He's truly blessed me. The blessings don't turn away from the blessings. What is the power in the hard times? What does the hard times do? And what is the power in those hard times? The third thing the Lord dealt with me about is in verse number 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and I wrote down, the people are humble. The people are humble. If my people. If you study that phrase, if my people, of course it speaks of the tribes of Israel. That's obvious in our text. But it also speaks of the flock of God, the people of God. It also speaks of a nation of people. It speaks of God's people. Not only does it speak of the nation of Israel, but it speaks to you and I today because this verse can be preached and echoed from generation to generation. Do you believe that this morning? To all born-again believers. All people who has a relationship with Christ. If He's your Heavenly Father, if He's your Master and Lord, if He's your Maker, if He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords of your life, and ultimately He will be the judge. If you and I realize that we belong to Him, we have given our life to Jesus Christ. It's not about religion, but we have a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Then guess what? You and I are God's people this morning. We are God's people. What does it say? I believe this is a wake-up verse for us this morning. I was praying and I was asking the Lord, Lord, what is this message all about? This is what the Holy Spirit so put in my heart, and please hear this. I truly believe that this message this morning, that I truly stand here 100% confident, that I believe that God sent us, I believe this message is the message to get me, me, and to get you ready for the revival that's coming this week. How many times have you ever been in a meeting or how many times have you ever been in a service and it gets pretty good on Monday and then you, you feel a little better on Tuesday and then Wednesday there's some things that happen. You get under conviction and by Thursday you start getting closer to the Lord and then by Friday you're like, whoa, man, I'm, I'm where I need to be. And then you're like, it's over. It's over. What if this morning was the morning that you got to where you could be by Friday night? This morning was the morning you just went ahead and just scrooched on up there with the Lord and got right. 
got on up there and just said, Lord, I'm going to lay it all down right here in these chips. I'm going to go ahead and lay it all down right here in these chips. You know what? I can just picture it, people coming up here this morning and praying and getting right with the Lord and just confessing to the Lord. And then it was all, I can almost picture it like getting a, getting a handful of chips and just covering up all of that stuff you just laid down right here in this altar. Wouldn't that be a blessing? And see, the steps of this goes like this. Listen closely now. If my people, if you belong to the Lord, say amen. Then listen. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. It's an interesting thing. Humble themselves. Nothing that's going on under this tent or anything that will go on the rest of this week or prayerfully, Brother Dean, for the rest of our days, it cannot ever be about me or you. It can't. It can't be. Shall humble themselves. It, I wrote it down right here. It cannot be about self. This thing cannot be about self. It has to be all about the Lord. You with me? I'm reading a book right now by Skip Heising. He said this, Any selfishness in you opposes Christ. And he even said this, You are never more like Satan than when you are selfish. You are never more like Satan than when you are selfish. But you are never more like Jesus than when you're humble. You are never more like Jesus than when you're humble. I found out about this. What did the Bible even say to the prophets? What did the Bible even say to the apostles about being humble? To the prophets in Micah 6, 8. He said, walk humbly with our God. To the apostles in James 4, 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of God. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You and I this morning, you know what we ought to do? We ought to pray and say, Lord, humble me. Keep me humble. Don't let me be about self. Don't let me be about selfies. Don't let me be about anything that promotes me. Don't let me get so aggravated about anything that just ruffles my feathers. Because at the end of the day, it's really not about me. It's all about Jesus this morning. You know what's the blessing about this tent? You don't even have a seat. Isn't that a blessing? Some of you's brought seats, but what are you going to do if someone wants to get them one night? What are you going to do? What are you going to do if someone walks under this tent and gets into that soft seat that you brought? Are you going to pick up chips and throw it on them and say, you're in my seat? You know what you ought to do? You ought to walk by and smile at them and say, good to see you here tonight, amen? And sit down behind them, and then the next night get here earlier so you can get your seat, amen? We've got to be a humble people. wonder what would happen if everyone under this tent, for the rest of this week, every service that you can make it, you said this, Lord, I'm coming to this meeting to serve. I'm coming to this meeting to serve. I'm going to get what I can get, Lord, from you. But I want to serve. I want to serve people. I want to help people. I want to be there for people. I want to shake someone's hand. I want to hug someone's neck. I want to walk someone to their seat. I want to make sure that no one's looking for a chair. I want to make sure that everyone is taken care of. You know why? Because God sent me here for a purpose. 
I was listening to my radio the other day and I heard one of the preachers on the radio say this. He said, have you ever wondered what the difference is between a preacher that's a good preacher and a preacher that's a great preacher? Have you ever wondered what the difference is between God using someone in a way, but then God using someone in a mighty way? Boy, that got my attention. I turned my radio up and I really started listening. And he said, if you study the life of Paul, if you study the life of Timothy, you will find that God used those men in a mighty way, but they will be something that you will see in those men's life. And he said, I believe it is the key of God using people mightily. He said, you'll find that those men served other people. Those men served other people. So it don't matter your education. It don't matter your delivery. It don't matter your name. It don't matter. None of that matters at the end of the day. What truly matters, I believe, in the eyes of the Lord is humble yourself and serve others. God will use you greatly. God will use you greatly. Are you with me? So pray. He says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, I'm about finished, listen, and pray. When I studied this word pray, I was blown away. Because I thought I understood what it meant to pray. But I found out I was missing it a lot. This word prayer here is serious prayer. And when I studied this word, listen to this definition here, it's very interesting. He said not prayerless prayer. Not prayerless prayer. I said, I've never heard the phrase prayerless prayer. What is a prayerless prayer? Prayerless prayer. The definition of pray means this, to ask with earnestness. It means to ask with zeal. It means to entreat and it means to urge. That is what prayer is. Prayer is serious business. Prayer is seeking the face of God and meaning it. But a prayerless prayer is this. Lack of faith. No sparks. And you ready for this? This is the definition of a prayerless prayer. Just hacking phrases. (laughs) I don't believe you could understand hacking phrases unless you're from the south. How many times have you heard prayer that is just hacking phrases? And and you say, man, that person can pray. Listen, it's not the hacking phrases that make someone a powerful prayer. It's not how loud that we scream that makes us a powerful prayer. It's the earnestness in the heart of the believer that God is calling for in this verse. Are you with me? I learned something about prayer. I did. And it said this, John Knox, his prayer was this, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. Give me Scotland or I'll die. 
You know, I bet, I bet if there was a prayer meeting that was going on that day, Pastor Jason, when this man of God prayed that prayer, I bet you there was someone over here. Hey, listen, I love it when people pray loud. I say, go ahead and get on with it. That don't bother me a bit. But the vocalness of our prayer does not make a prayer. The heartfelt prayer is what makes a prayer. And if you pray loud or you pray quiet or you shout the roof off of this place, it don't matter to me however you want to do it. But however you do it, make sure you're being serious in your heart when you do it. Amen? I'd say there was some day, some screaming, some hollering, maybe some running, maybe some shouting. It wouldn't bother me if that happened every night under this tent. Boy, God better be in it. He better be in it. Amen? It better be from our hearts. Because I don't know about you, but I need something from the Lord. I do. I need a move of God in my soul. I'm coming over here, and I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about the Lord. But I'm coming over here hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I need God to speak to me every time that I come under this tent. I need a touch from heaven, church. So pray. So pray this morning. Pray. Humble yourselves and pray. And then seek His face. Seeking His face is a strong desire. Go to Him as a loving Father, not as a stranger. We're His people, remember? We're called by His name, remember that? So pray and go to Him. And you and I need to realize something. I've never had it hit me like it hit me this week. Calling myself a child of God and knowing that Jesus Christ is my Savior. And being able to stand behind this pulpit and preach the very words of God. It hit me this week like it's not hit me in a long time. It's a very special honor to get to do those things. It's a special honor. It is. And I believe sometimes we forget that. And let me remind you of this. Listen real close. Did you know the Lord loves you? Do you realize the Lord loves you? You may tell you when He started loving you. While you was even in your mother's womb, He started loving you. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you something else that's going to blow you away. You know when He really started loving you? While we was yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's when He really started loving you. And hear this real close, because this ought to make you just go, wow. <laughs> I wrote this down. There's nothing about you and I that when God sees us, that He goes, Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know what? God don't see me and go, wow. Oh, preacher Keith is such a strong person. Wow. I am going to really start loving him more now. You understand that? Wow. Wow. No, the wow is this. It's all because of him. Amen? It has nothing to do with you and I. It's all because of Him. You know what? He loved us from the very beginning and He'll always love us. You say, boy, if I could do more, I could make God say, wow. No, we ought to look at Him and say, wow. We ought to look at Him and it ought to humble us 
We ought to look at God, the God of heaven. Brother David, we ought to realize who we are. You and I, all of us, we're nothing. All of our righteousness, but as filthy rags. And if you and I could realize that Jesus Christ shed every drop of blood in His body to save sinners like you and I, but not only did He die on the cross, He rose again the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And you and I ought to be able to look at Him and say, Wow, you're such a good God! You've been good to me. You love me. You bless me. And all I am is filth and dirt. But you still love me anyway. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we'll walk into this tent. If we're not careful, we'll walk into this tent this week. And when we walk in, we'll hear it in our minds. The angels in heaven are going, wow, He's here. There'll be a man of God walk into this pulpit and we're not careful. We'll say, wow, he's here. We're to walk in here every night and say, wow, God's here. Amen. Wow, the Holy Spirit is here. Wow, God is doing a work in our midst. Wow, God is doing something in spite of ourselves. Wow, God, you've been good to us. You hear me? God is good. That's a long ways back around here to this pulpit. But it's good. God is good. Amen. Wow. Wow, we were just sinners. Let's close with this. Then turn back. Then turn back. If you'll seek His face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and we'll heal their land. Turn back to Him. Turn back to Him. Get out of the ways of life that are so grievous. Get out of the ways of life that you're walking in that you know are wrong. That means get out of that course of life. And call on His name. Lay those things down in this altar this morning. And come back the rest of the week and just be in wow of His presence. Don't come in here beat down and beat up with things in your life that you need to lay down this morning. I'm telling you, if you'd go ahead and lay down those things this morning, you'd be excited about coming back the rest of the week. You with me? He heard Solomon. He forgives and he heals and he repairs. That's what he wants to do for you today. He wants to hear. Amen. He wants to repair. He wants to heal. That's what He wants. He wants to hear your prayer. He wants to heal you today. There's people in here that you're as saved as anyone else. But there's things that are broken and He wants to fix them today. Do you hear that? He wants to heal what is hurting you to the core. I know I'm not God, but I know there's people in here that way down deep, there's things that's hurting you. Wouldn't it be something if He healed it today? Would that not be a miracle? If God just heard your prayer, reached down into your soul and healed what was broken. Do you think He can do that? Do you think He wants to do that? Yes. Yes.